Hi, I'm JD. This is Chimera Cast, a production of the Chimera Collective. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcatcher. We also have merch available and just launched our Patreon. For backing, you'll gain access to our Discord and the ability to vote on upcoming seasides. You can also get an RSS feed for an unabridged tableside version of the podcast, which includes all our banter, rules discussions, and session debriefs. We'll also have game readings and occasional exclusive seasides in that feed. Links to the details and our social media are in the show notes. Hi, I'm Zach. I'm playing Melio Moretti, the Bard. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm playing Urazidi, the Spellblade. Hi, I'm Nathan. I'm playing Lug. Yeah, just a bunch of consonants. I'm playing Lug, the Barbarian. Kimmin, the Shaman. I'm JD. I'm your dungeon master for this game. This is Chimera Cast, a Dungeon World actual play podcast. Last time, the three of you had reached the Cyclopolis of the Damned. <laughs> so you had reached the edges of it and had met 138 heads on a spike that greeted you, mostly mocked you from afar, and then eventually things escalated. They lowered a drawbridge and a, a skeleton, a giant skeleton, in fact, had emerged. The three of you did battle with it, losing your companion Navath to a mighty blow of its sword, but you all managed to make it through. However... There was some choices made and some collateral damage that occurred at that battle that ended up resulting in Kimmin being taken over by a Pythian infiltrator, we're calling it, right? Like these Pythian body snatchers, basically. Yeah. That transport themselves rather than physically from this other hell dimension that is Pythia and instead transport just their spirits and take over the physical forms of mortal creatures. And then everybody made it into the city, and at least Kimmin's body made it into the city holding this entity. So, Nathan, why don't you introduce Lug to us and run us down the Barbarian and everything that you're doing for him? Okay, yeah, so I'm playing Lug, and JD basically gave the entire rundown as to, like, what Lug is, a bodiless Pythian spirit, which is here. This was actually the genesis of Pythia. The introduction of Pythia in our collective consciousness was through these infiltrators. And what they're on this world to do is provide themselves with a body. It takes less energy to push something through a barrier that doesn't have a corporeal form. And they're on this side of the barrier to gather enough materials to open portals. Lug, on the other hand, is a bit more rogue. So, for my barbarian, like, we had a barbarian previously on the cast that is Arello, who was fantastic. But my alignment is Chaotic, which is a shoe, a convention of the civilized world. That is usually something that's kind of difficult to hit. Sometimes you find yourself in murder hobo territory, so we'll see how that feels. 
I don't think it's going to be that hard for Lug to be that way, though. <laughs> My race is Outsider, which we'll do after this whole sort of love letter situation. But what it means is instead of having a racial move that you can trigger to get experience, you answer a question at the beginning of the session about your homeworld, which is fantastic, obviously, because his homeworld is Pythia. I took Unencumbered and Unharmed which will tie into my Herculean appetites. But basically, if I'm not wearing any armor, I have plus one armor. So the first thing Lug's going to do is strip off all of his clothing. I'm just going to tell you that now. (laughs) And my Herculean appetites. So the Barbarian class, to remind you, allows you to roll an eight-sided die instead of a six-sided die, as well as an additional six-sided die, if you are following one of your appetites. So Lug's are Mortal Pleasures and Conquest. I think that Lug is super excited to have a physical form, perhaps a physical form again. I haven't really thought that much about it. And Conquest is leading into Lug being a sort of rogue Pythian infiltrator. I think that similar to Nulsk, Lug is not acting in accordance with their prime directive, as it were. But I think that Lug is a bit less altruistic than Nulsk was, or at the very least a bit less desperate. I think the infiltrators are higher on the totem pole. Oh, the Nulsk? Yeah. It doesn't Nulsk take... It does, the dog getting kicked around by warlords. That's it. Yes. I think that, like, station-wise, an infiltrator is probably not that dissimilar from Urizidi in terms of, like, raised in relative to Pythia decadence and opulence mm. and given a lot of reign to do a very specialized thing. So that's kind of my thought Yeah, there. I mean... I feel like the top of the Pythian Pyramid is all blood orgies and yeah. decadent cannibalistic feasts. The other moves the Barbarian has, just to round out the rest of this class, I have the Upper Hand, which is the most interesting and perhaps the most powerful move that the Barbarian has. When you roll Last Breath, you take plus one ongoing. And when you take your Last Breath on a seven through nine, you get to make a bargain with death as opposed to the other way around. It's crazy. Obviously, death can reject your offer if your hubris is too high but it's it's super cool i have muscle bound which gives all my weapons messy and forceful speaking of things that are very powerful this class has a lot of really powerful things going on and what are you waiting for when you cry out or challenge to your enemies roll plus con on a 10 plus they treat you as the most obvious threat and on a seven through nine only a few the weakest or most foolhardy do so with some stat things sewn in there i skipped but you'll, you'll get it yeah jd is there anything else you wanted me to run down from the class no, as far as class introduction goes, that's cool. And obviously, we'll get into any look changes. You already talked about stripping off your armor. Yeah. I do want to say that Lug's stats are going to be a bit different than Kimmon's. Obviously, Lug isn't going to be as charismatic or as wise or not as worldly as Kimmon was, nor probably as just outright book smart, though I think they have the same stat line, but that's not really the point. That means that all my stats are kind of pushed toward the more physical, and even though they're operating in the same physical space, I think of Lug as more literally riding a car. So there's room here, JD, for like muscles tearing... And just unknown pain to hold me up. And I think you can leverage that if you're so inclined. Sure. Constitution being a bit higher is also just representative of just ignoring pain and ignoring damage. Yeah, I mean, and the first time that you did a barbarian that was like this, that was, you know, based on this infiltrator, was not a character we had already had previously established. It was just like you started that way. And so I think this will be interesting to mess with. 
to that point, we talked a little bit about Kimmin still being in there, right, at least. And I think that might be a potential pushing point. And I know, Emilio, you said that you wanted to help get your friend back once you realize in character that something's different, which probably won't take long because subtlety is not really a Pythian trait. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to see how much sway or how much control Lug is coming into the situation with. And I'm not really sure if I'm going to handle this in a mechanical way, but why don't we start off by knocking out your outsider question. What is the ritual that Lug has to go through or had to go through in order to accomplish this infiltration of the mortal realm? We've always talked about like the esoteric and, and horrible magical practices, but I want to know a little bit more about like, you know, the last couple of hours of Lug being on Pythia before actually making this chump. Like what were they going through? So the infiltration ritual is, I think, a rather complex one that requires a preening from birth. So this is a class of peoples, a class of Pythians. Their skin is persistently anointed and kept soft and supple, so they have a, they have a corporeal form at first. But the ritual itself requires a burning of this corpus in a very specific type of, just to bring this around, it requires a burning of eelm metal a large slated pyre of Elm, which is decorated appropriately for the ritual with the right runic markings to prime the borders of reality appropriately. But the main crux of it is is a burning. I imagine Elm is almost like Pythia's sort of magnesium. Once you get it to that right temperature, it just explodes in this bright light. So it's like a leap of faith almost of like, you're destroying your physical body before you know that you have another body on this side that's working. Yes. If you listen to the beginning of the series, I believe the Pythians have some kind of ability to live, whatever you want to call it, while not having a corporeal form still on this side of the barrier. As I believe that Lug was the one that gave Kimmin the Ilm earring, as we alluded to in Session Zero. And gave is pretty relative. <laughs> Tricked into having, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So I think finally then I wanted to just finish this out with like a little miniature love letter move, whatever. So I want to know how much control you're exerting over Kimmin's body. So why don't you give me a roll or plus charisma to see how the battle of wills is going inside of Kimmin's body. Most creatures I don't think can resist Pythian infiltration, but since Kimmin is a shaman and understands spirits and everything, maybe you might be able to. Yeah, and unsurprisingly, Lug's charisma is fucking trash, so... <laughs> Yeah, that's a four, five. <laughs> so what's bad for Log is probably good for Kimmin. So I think it is not a tentative grip, but Kimmin will have the ability to exert more control over things than Log would like. All that aside, let's get back into the scene here. So the three of you have successfully made your way into the Cyclopolis. The drawbridge has been closed behind you. We'll get to the internals of the city, I think, but more pressing right inside planted in the stonework that makes up the paths here, the roads here that would lead from the drawbridge. The crevices of which are filled with a fleshy substance rather than mortar. But there is, on a spike, a head. Just one? Is it a different head? Yes, it's a different head. Okay, cool. It's like a different person's head, although it's difficult to tell given that it is mostly rotted. Pretty decayed. Yeah. Yeah. No, you guys weren't supposed to make it inside! Turn the ballista around, you idiots. They're inside. Get them. And the skeletons on top of the gate that make up the entryway toward the city 
begin swinging their ballisti around to face the three of you on the inside. There is a big pile of bones piled up next to you all, including the hand that held the big sword, which is still salivating with this mucus running down the side of it. The sword is? Yeah. And just as a reminder, Kimmin, you did grab the scroll from around the neck of the skeleton. So you still have that, although you may not know why or what it is or what you're doing here. I drop it immediately. Okay. <clears throat> Can I take a baseball bat swing on the, at this head on a stick in front of me? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to roll it. You just, it's like, it's uh, T-ball. Okay. You know? Yeah. I just, just check it. Goes, it goes flying. <laughs> However, you hear the clanking of the ballista going, I think, given that you took the time to wind up a shot instead of running out of the way. Oh, yeah, no, I took a happy Gilmore swing at this thing, so that said, the other two of you could have been doing things while I was doing that. But... Yeah, what are you two doing? Navoth is dead. Damn it. There was nothing I could do to save them. We've got to get the hell out of here while we still can. Those damn ballista are going to shoot us down. And yeah, I think there's the first, like, thwunk as this big giant crossbow looses a bolt down at you. They're going for you first, I think, well, given that you just swung at 138 heads on a spike. 137 now. <laughs> <laughs> Lug, a bolt is coming at you. What do you do? So, mostly because my brain is 90% like anime trash from the early 2000s. Lug is standing with the studded club dragging on the ground, turn over my right shoulder, and there's like the little glint in his eye. I'm gonna like sashay, roll out of the way really quickly, and I'm gonna try to climb up the side of the arch where the ballista is. Yeah, give me a Defined Injury Plus Dex here just to dodge out of the way of this thing. That's a seven. You'll dodge out of the way of this thing, but you're not going to be up so quickly. I think getting used to the physical body again is somewhat frustrating to you, and so it moves and responds slower to you than you expected or wanted it to. Yeah. So I think instincts take over, and you're able to dodge out of the way, but you're not going to hop and jump up to the top of this gate. Uruzidi and Melio, the other ballista, is pointing at the two of you. Since you we're both kind of standing there talking, what do you two do? It's cranking back right now. What's nice about these ballistas is that they have to crank back, like you said. I pull out my bow, yelling at Kimmin, in air quotes. We don't have to kill these, we can just run away! And I'm just gonna shoot at the one that's trying to get its mark on us with my bow and arrow. Yeah, go ahead and roll volley. That is an 11. Nice. Roll your damage. Five damage. Nice. Is your bow part of your... Natural equipment, or it doesn't have any additions or anything, does it? No, no, it was a part of my natural equipment. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the ZD has uh, the Navant's cool bow. bow but yeah. bow, yeah. Did that take out the ballista? No. Are you doing something? Yeah, I think Urzidi adds his arrows from this bow that he's never kind of used before. He's used it conceptually and that like he's seen a potential future where he's used it. But like, so I know how to use it because like, there's no string, right? Right. I mean, there's no string or arrows. Yeah. So he's kind of just like experimentally shooting at this ballista with the bow. Sure. Go ahead and roll volley as well. You're just following it up. Yeah, that's an 11 for me as well. Nice. Roll your damage. That's a, that's a 10. Oh, wait. No, it's not. I do minus 1d6 damage with any weapon that's not talent or my magic. Oh. Oh, interesting. Oh, fuck. That's five. 
Okay. Oh, bummer. Uh, that's still enough. That'll destroy this skeleton that was cool. probably the one cranking is the one you guys went for. There's like two on each, right? Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it'll stop it enough for now that the two of you don't have to worry about it. Look, are you still trying to charge up there? Yes. To the other side, right? Absolutely. Give me now a... Nah, fuck it. I'm not going to get a roll for it. You're going to make your way up there. So they're not going to have their ballistae like, ready to go by the time you get up there. It takes too long to set up. But they're going to know. They're going to see you coming. So they'll draw their showtells. Hell yeah. And you come up. And you're kind of standing off with two of these skeletons. What do you do? So it's at this point I get to the walkway on top of the wall. And Lug slams the studded club into the ground near him into, the, into this wall. And begins stripping his armor off. If you're going to do that, one of these skeletons is going to charge at you. No, hold on. Because yes. (laughs) Come to me, fleshless humans. I have felt nothing in this world yet. Fight me. Are you doing your, like, what are you waiting for? Actually, I was just wanting to hack and slash. I just wanted to be in line with my Herculean appetite. Oh, sure. I just want to get on the ground and tussle with it. Though, that being said, I guess I kind of was doing what are you waiting for. That's what it sounded like to me. I mean, you, you can still hack and slash once you're done with it, but you're calling them out, essentially. Yeah. Would you say that this still is in line with my appetite? Yeah, I mean, especially given the way that you're doing it of like, I can feel things. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) That's funny. That's a five. So in line with the anime theme we're going on tonight, there's definitely a sidebars that cut away to us. What in the hell is he doing? As we just see you strip (laughs) off your armor and you're just jaw jacking at these skeletons. Like I strip the armor off and Kimmon's like got a pretty scarred body and I'm down to basically just my wrappings, the scratching of the skin onto my chest. This is going to go poorly. (laughs) On that fail, yeah, these skeletons are going to come at you and are essentially trying to flink you or whatever, but while they're engaging you or starting to engage you. He's up here on this side. Point your ballista over at this one, you idiot. And there's another 138 heads on a spike up on this part of the battlement. That wasn't very nice, you know, knocking my head. Now it's just laying in a gutter, way on the other side. (laughs) A hard cut to that head, and it's just like... (laughs) Spitting, like, water out of its mouth. (laughs) Yeah, it's half-drowned in thousand-year-old gutter water. Yeah, and then the ballista on the other side then is now spinning over, and, and the, that single skeleton is, like, finishing its cranking of this ballista to fire at you, Lug. What are the two boys down there doing? You're going to see this skeleton turning the ballista towards your companion. What is he doing? I have no clue. We don't need to fight everything in this damn place. Come on! And I start making my way and trying to climb the front face of where this ballista is that's cranking towards Lug. Okay, so you're going for that other ballista, not the same side. Not the not the same side that Lug is on, the one that you guys had yeah, on. Yeah, the other yeah. one. Yeah, I'm just going to take that out of the equation. Cool. Yeah, and I didn't describe this very well, but the steps up are like those really steep ladder steps. Do you know what I'm talking about? They are stairs, but they're very yeah. steep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're going to make your way up there. I think you're just going to attack the skeleton once you get up there. Yeah, I'm just going to try and bash it. Yeah, give me a hack and slash. What are you using? My axes. Got it. Nine. Yeah, I think as you come upon it, it hits the mechanism and the bolt goes flying towards Lug. And we'll see whether that hits him or not. Mm. You're distracting it as it's aiming. It was just getting it off as quickly as it could. And it draws its shotel as you come up onto it. Go and roll your damage. Seven. Two piercing. Oh, yeah. With that piercing, you're going to destroy this thing. You're going to take a D8 plus one of damage as you guys exchange some blows here. But then you can describe how you destroy it. 
Is that an eight? That's a seven, but it will be an eight with the plus one. Armor applies, obviously. Yeah, let's go. So some big blows traded back and forth on this one. Yeah, holy shit. All right, I think this is what happens. I thought I had a cool move, but then I didn't. Um, Where's its showtel sheathed? Back? Sure, whatever. It fires the bolt, and it tries to unsheath the showtel, and I grab it by the wrist, and I just smoke it, splitting its skull in half with the axe, and wrench it out, and I'm going to try and boot it, but as I try and boot it off of the tower, the showtel just slashes me deep across the chest. As it falls away. Yeah, it's that usual reaction of like, okay, I have destroyed this thing by chopping it in the head, which is a normal thing that humans would do, but it doesn't stop a skeleton. (laughs) It doesn't let go, yeah, and it just lashes out as it falls off the tower. Cool. This ballista bolt is flying towards you, and you're fighting two of these skeletons all at once, Lug. What do you do? Bone shield. Yeah, and that's I mean that's my that's my initial reaction. I'm gonna grab one of these skinless humans and push it in front of the ballista bolt. Give me a mm, Defy Ninja plus strength just to manhandle it. Damn it. That's a six. Really? Yeah. Hold on. Can I aid? Yeah, if yeah. you were headed up there, I was going to check in with you, so that's cool. So while Melia was running up the other one, you could have been running up this side of the gate. Yeah, because it's like really steep steps. So can I swing Talon and try to clip this ballista bolt as it like flies past. If you get rid of the ballista bolt, then he's just dealing with the skeletons. Which um, is, no, so I'm still fine with that. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, I don't know if that's an aid or it. it's more like indirectly dealing with the problem of the role than like necessarily helping him with the skeleton. Yeah, I think I'll just have you do a separate role for this rather than the aid and then it just gotcha. changes the situation so rather than hitting Lug with a ballista, which is what I was going to do. Right. The fail will just be dealing with these skeletons more directly. Yeah. Gotcha. Give me a Defy Danger plus this is probably quick thinking more than anything else so Defy Danger plus intelligence. Sweet. Oh yeah, that's good for you, huh? That is a nine. You clip this ballista bolt, and it's enough to... Like, it's not easy. They're... Yeah, they're big. Yeah. yeah. But you do have enough power in it that it, it steers it off course, right? And it kind of goes flying up over the edge of the gate or whatever outside of the Cyclopolis. And I think just your eyes will gaze upward where there is a black shadow up in the air. And you see this burst of what can only be described as black fire. And as it does this, these kind of green clouds form as it flies through them huge wings flapping but you've saved your friend is the dragon does it look like it's coming towards us not like aggressively but yes it's not attacking you or anything but it is very near to you okay like closer than we've ever seen this thing before because i'm assuming this is the thing that we've seen like pass overhead yes it is okay yeah, and just this shuddering flaps. It's not roaring and deafening you that way, but it's still, you can f- almost feel the pulse with each one of its wing beats. So, look, we're coming back to you with your fail against the skeletons. Um, they just have the upper hands, I think, on you. You're not going to take anything from this one, but while you're grabbing it to try and block this ballista, which luckily your friend saves you from, the other one lashes out at you. So you're going to take the D8 plus one. Oh, well, no, plus two because you're fighting this other skeleton as well. Nice. <laughs> it's nine damage total. Jesus. Damn. After my armor. Ugh. Uruzidi, you're up there with Lug slash Kimmin. 
facing off against these skeletons. The other one that just struck at Lug will notice you and turn towards you. Yeah, I'm going to call on my blade magic to help deal with this thing. Yeah, it's a 13, so three hold. Very ah. good. You can go ahead and spend whatever you're spending right now because I picture this all as kind of a fluid motion of you yeah. striking at this ballista, coming up the stairs all at the same time. Cool. Yeah, I think Talon's blade glows like black light, and I'm going to shove it into the skeleton's chest cavity in a burst of black incandescent energy trying to knock this skeleton apart. I'm just spending one hold to deal my damage. Uh, it's 10. That's definitely enough. You're going to destroy this one skeleton. Uh, I have a question. So we've established before that when I'm, I have hold, I can see into... Like, I can see spirits. Like, I could see that something was wrong with Kimmon's spirit after he died and stuff. Do I see anything different about Kimmon? Huh. We said that you can kind of see spirits and such, but not that you necessarily, you know, it's not your thing. Right. So you, there is something weird about his spiritual aura. Yeah. But no, like, it doesn't mean anything. You're right. not going to be like, he's obviously a pithy. Like, you already knew that something was wrong with him. And so I think it could just be assumed it's a continuation of that, possibly. If I may. Yeah, of course. Before, I think you saw Kimmon, like, sort of transposed over himself. Yeah. Right? Like, you saw him physically detached. And I think there's a cloud between those two detachments, right? There's, like, a blurring. More than before. Okay. Yeah. Does that work? Yeah, that's totally cool. That kind of gives you a yeah, hint. Yeah. And that's kind of what I figured, like, what I was looking for, right? Yeah, some flavor to go off of. It is different. I, I wasn't trying to just, like, oh, Kimmon knows now. Yeah. I'm totally fine with you seeing, like, a giant crab person with multiple, like, <laughs> teeth coming out of its back that's, like, superimposed over Kimmon, too. I'm also okay with that. But, uh... uh I think that we could talk about trying to see that better but yeah it's a role because of yeah. the pythian spirits are unnatural and not right yeah if you use a microscope you have to like focus correctly otherwise you're like looking through things or past things like you're not focusing correctly mm. to see a pythian spirit there yeah but you can see on the one that you're at that it's not right yeah it's different than it was even after he was killed right the first time yeah Poor Kimmon. This is a this is a, honestly a very very like good culmination of all of the shit that's been happening to him this entire game. Like going to the the death people and then being like something bad's gonna happen because he's like that. And you're like, no, he'll be fine. We'll be fine. And then something bad happens. Yeah. I'm like this. It's great. Yeah. So you just destroyed the skeleton. Lug, you are wrestling with this skeleton still, right? Or grappling with it at this point? Maybe are you gonna try to free yourself and get back to fighting distance or what? No, I mean, I threw my weapon to the ground. My intention here was always to fight hand-to-hand. -hand. So while I'm wrestling with this thing, I'm just going to try to bring my leg up and, and kick it off the side of the wall. Sure. I'm not going to have you hack and slash for that. Give me a defy danger plus strength. Works for me. Yeah, that's an eight. Positive this time. I think you kick it, but it's a skeleton. And so as you kick it, its shoulder joint just separates rather than it flying off the ledge. So it only has one hand now to grapple you with. <laughs> and you're holding on to this other hand that's still like wriggling, still like flexing its fingers and trying to get at you. But it's detached, so it doesn't have any leverage anymore. Is that cool? Yeah, that's fine. Emilio, you're going to see this happen. You could do something from here. You're totally fine on this side of the gate. I'm making dramatic tension here. I'm getting in that ballista, and I'm loading a bolt. <laughs> oh, Good God. Oh, yes. God. Nothing <laughs> could possibly go wrong <laughs> with this. Sure. 
I mean, I'm cool with you having been doing this. Let's just get to the roll because it's more fun. Yeah, I think this is just going to be spicy. It's not volley. That's not right. This is defy danger plus intelligence. Make sure that you use these mechanisms all correctly, maybe. Oh, God. That's what we've used for Ballista say, before. Oh, is yeah, it? Okay. So. Well, that right. was what we used for Unep Raw. That being said, Unep Raw also had to put it together. I was going to say wisdom because he's guessing. Like he's making an educated like, I'm pretty sure this is how it all works. I have news for you guys. It's the same oh, stat. Right. Yeah, so, whatever then. Just, let's yeah. make it happen. <laughs> that seems fair. But I am yelling as I'm doing this. Kimmon, get out of the way. I'm going to take it down. I have no idea who Kimmon is. So just shoot. <laughs> Kimmon, get out of the way. <laughs> 11 bitches. Oh, yeah. Please describe you <laughs> blasting this skeleton just off the side of the wall comically. You get the glint in my eye. And then it like zooms out really fast. And you just hear as this arrow just fires at mock speed across the bow, smoking this goddamn skeleton, like just obliterating it. And I think it was like almost getting the upper hand. You guys were tussling, right? On the ground. It was like on top of you and it just turns it to straight dust in front of your hands. It's showtel drops like ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So all of the skeletons up here have been destroyed. Good work. Great. Now that all my friends are dead, again, I just have you guys to talk to. I start marching over towards the head. The one that's speaking is the one on the side of Uruzidi and Log. There is a head on a spike on your side, but it's just missing a jaw, and so it is looking at you but can't speak. <sighs> Fucking tongue waggling still. Ew. ZD talk to it. I'm not the loquacious one. Or just talk at all. Kimmon, what, what in all the hells were you thinking? Charging up here like that. Lug doesn't respond to you immediately and is like walking over to pick up my studded club. I don't know my name, so yeah, I'm just just for the record. Kimmit, damn it, talk to me. And Urizidi grabs you by the shoulder and tries to spin you around to face him. Oh, Kimmit. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I can't hear very well. Like points at his head, and like turns and goes back to trying to pick up the spike club. There's more, right? More. More what? What are you talking about? More to hit. More. And it, like, grab it. The wound left from the show tell earlier and, like, holds up the blood in his palm and, like, stares at it for a second like a wild glint in his eye. There's more. That's what we're here for, right? More. I suppose. To battle. <laughs> Did that giant hit you in the head? Giant? Yes. Yes. I was hit. You should lead. Emilio, what are you doing? Kevin, what the hell were you thinking? My god. The thing almost killed me. I've got a huge slash across my chest that's just bleeding through my armor and my clothes. We don't have to fight everything we see. Why'd you... Why? 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 This isn't what we're here for. <laughs> right? What are you talking about? Why are we here if not to... <laughs> And I pick up the club again and, like, slam it into the ground. Well, all right. Destroying my friends is rude enough. You don't have to vandalize the place. I don't like you. Well, Dad, I don't like you either. <laughs> Can I spend one of my hold to do damage to 137 heads on a stick? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking here. You can just describe obliterating it. <laughs> Yeah, Urzidi levels Talon, and there's just, like, this momentary bright burst of energy out of the tip. No, 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 no! <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Scanners? Yeah, it's like Scanners. Yeah. 
Uh, some peace. What are you talking about? We're not here to fight everything. Of course, we're, um... <clears throat> we're here not for that. So lead on. What are we here for, Kimmen? You ask too many questions. Inward. We waste time. There's, um... Something in there. Right? Urzidi pulls Melio aside. He says he was hit in the head by that giant. Did you see any evidence of that? No, he was slashed on the leg. I healed him. Because you got out of the way. Somebody needed to bring that thing down. I made a tactical decision. Just because it was the wrong one. Urzidi shrugs. It's good to know that when all the cards are on the table, you won't have either of our backs. Urzidi gives a a tight, almost sickly smile. For now, keep him talking. Give me a minute. And JD, if you'll allow me, you you described like not having the right tuning to see exactly what is going on with Kimmon. Right. Would you be amenable to me spending my last sword magic hold to discern realities? Oh, yeah, to, like, read into the spirits or whatever. I like that. I was going to have you roll for something. Yeah, it's not, like, one of the options. Having the roll for discerning realities by spending the hold makes sense to me. Yeah. You're channeling your magic to try and understand what's going on. Sure. That is an eight. And I think the, the question is what here is now what it appears to be. So I think that you can tell for sure that at the very least Kevin is under the influence of something else but I think what that thing is is still unknown to you you wouldn't know that this is a Pythian creature or whatever but obviously it could be anything in these lands right that have tried to force its way in right or maybe the death monk was right and that it's getting worse right but you can tell that this isn't Kevin's not under his own control I'll put it that way okay cool yeah, Lug has shrugged off the rest of the Kimmon's bandolier full of, like, soul glass circlets and everything but just the most uh, basic of, well, who am I kidding? He's totally naked. He's totally buck-ass naked, letting the breeze stir his nethers, and grabs Kimmon's pack, which he assumes is, like, something useful, and has begun walking down the stairs toward the entrance to the Cyclopolis. I don't think Kimmon is himself. I know. Something's wrong with him. I don't know what happened, but you don't get hit on the head and start taking off all your clothes, fighting everything. Kimmon was smart. This guy's dumb. Something else rides his soul. It's not just that he got hit on the head. There's something in there with him. I need time. If I can get it, maybe I can get him back. For now, though, the damn thing seems to be aligned with what we're doing. Until we can find a place to rest. Act like it's normal. Very well. But in this place, we might not have time. We need to be prepared to act, if that's what is required. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. This isn't something that I'm prepped to do. It's something I'm going to have to feel my way through. You notice that I'm pretty fucked up as well, Zidi. Yeah, what are you at? Oh, I'm at four. Doing great. I don't know what you're talking about. I have the power to heal others, but not myself. This will go smoothly. Or maybe I can't heal myself, but I'm not going to. You can't tell yourself a story. Yeah, that's not how this fucking works. Yeah, I have to choose an ally in effect. That's what I thought. I was like, there's no way I can heal myself. I don't think it's flavorfully in line with what your character does Exactly. Either. No, I don't want to ink myself. 
The day passes. You're just yelling up at us. Yo, yeah. I don't know much about what's going on, but I have to assume that the soul of Kimmon is somewhere inside there. Then work fast. And Urizidi sets off after Kimmon. Yeah, Emilio, are you planning on doing anything up here? So, I talked about it before, um, so feel free to, you know, do whatever you want. The next thing I am going to take is Ritual. I mean, I, I have the experience needed to level up for it, so I don't know how you want to handle that. Like, if it seems like a time to engage with that move, or if you want to wait a little while, I just wanted to kind of throw that out there for you to think about. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty cool with, like, dispensing from needing to rest to spend your XP if you guys have it, especially since you're in here. Traveling's not really the point anymore. There's a good chance we're not going to rest. I would say you probably can't activate the ritual until you spend time really contemplating it. Yeah, I was definitely in the same camp, but I assume I'm going to need stuff if you want to direct that at all. You can now, or you can wait and chew on it for a while. I just wanted to kind of toss it out there for you to think about. Sure. This whole city is a place of power, so that's not going to be an issue. But we'll handle the logistics for, like, as you piece it together and figure it out, basically, if that's your plan. Cool. Yeah, totally. And it makes sense now that you would be thinking about that and how, how can you do this? Yeah, how can I unravel that? How can you extend your power in order to do this? Yeah, so with that, Lug and Urizidi are back down at the entryway next to the pile of bones with the scroll and the sword and broken pieces of a big skeleton. JD, this sword is not wieldable by any of us, right? Yeah, you could wield it. <laughs> like it's a big two-handed weapon or whatever. But there's a gap in the blade that you could grab onto, right? And then it's wieldable that way. The giant used it in one hand. Are you saying there's like a handle in the middle of it? So it'd be yeah. like a big saw blade? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a big cleaver, but there's a little cutout with the back. It's the Klingon weapon. Kind of. It's like a one-sided version of that. Cool. No one's taking that but me, seems like. And I want it. Lug just wants things to smash things with. So this club is like really coming full circle. I also really like me bringing up the rear and frustratedly grabbing that out of the pile of the bones that has kind of sent me on this journey. You know, like taking the weapon of the thing that has basically put me on this path. This is all happening because of the injury incurred by this weapon. So wielding it probably has that cool, like if we were in an anime, that kinetic like power effect as I grab it. It smells really bad. Urizidi is also picking up that scroll. Are you doing anything with it? Not at the moment. I think he's going to wait till we have a chance to like sit down for a bit, at least to open it. Cool. So it sounds like, Lug, you're leading the way. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't have any idea where I'm going. I guess none of us know where we're going, but Lug doesn't even know what to look for. Right. <laughs> this is a normal human house to me. <laughs> ah, yes, human stuff. The city is laying out before you, and cities definitely used loosely here, but from where you're at, there are immediately small structures, small, like, houses, I guess, little buildings that stretch throughout this place. Emilio, probably even before you came down the stairs, it seemed like you would have taken the time more than anybody else did. The whole city is laid out in a geometric pattern. Mm. There are two main roads parallel with each other that would lead you down, and as you make your way through... You probably hear, okay, all right, don't talk to that one. That one's the mean one. We're going to let him pass by. Okay. All right, his friends are coming. I'll talk shit to them. Good. <laughs> and as you go past, the first thing that Lug is going to find himself coming onto is like a, an open courtyard. From here, you can see ahead of you quite a ways. So you see this kind of open courtyard's maybe not quite right, but, you know, it's like an open area that doesn't have any buildings on it. 
But there are three obelisks standing in a triangle spread out across this kind of open area. Just ahead of that, so with a, with a very clear view of it, are some steps up to an open air columns structure with bridges leading off of that to either side of it. These streets run underneath those bridges. But you can see past that through this open air building. Ahead of you, you see the top of a ziggurat with a flame burning out of the top of it. Even further beyond that, what must be beyond the walls of the city is what looks like a massive structure. It essentially looks like a giant tombstone. It's not, it's like a stela, so it's like a long obelisk, basically. It doesn't look like there's anything there, so it's not an actual building. It looks like a monument. And that's like all a straight shot from where you're seeing, and it's looking up the whole way. Sick. Lug stops on the threshold of this, so mock my companions, and then I'll uh, talk to at least ZD I want to have a conversation with, but mock them first. All right, so you killed the giant one and the other ones with the ballisti, but you're still all going to die here. I hope you know that. That's all things come here to do, is die. Three out of four isn't so bad. We killed your pet giant. My pet? He was one of the finest poets. You could never... Ugh, he's not a pet. Trust me, in my experience, poets are good for little else but being pets. Well, you took meat eater, certainly, so... Ugh. Don't even give him the proper respect he's due. Maybe he's just a pile of bones. Urzidi walks up to stand by Kimmon. Why did you stop? Lug heard nothing of your conversation before with 136 heads on a spike. <laughs> I thought that, um, being a storyteller, you would like to look at the view. And perhaps you would take opportunity again to remind me of the treasures that await us. Urzidi's eyes narrow. <laughs> but I want to remind you while this is happening that this is the double bluff, right? You're supposed to pretend like it's kind of normal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I really like. I like that dramatic. Like, you said you didn't want to do the thing where you're supposed to lie the whole time, but the double blind where we're supposed to make you feel like, yeah, we totally, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just great. I just wanted to put that on the table. Yes, it's it said a a great many treasures await in uh, that ziggurat ahead. That's what you're here for, right, Kimmon? Yes, treasure. And what of the monuments before us? Mm. More powerful weapons, perhaps. I felt something on the wind before. He's, like, uncomfortably close to you, like, no knowledge of personal boundaries. Yeah, just butt-ass naked, standing way too close. <laughs> so was Lug essentially asking if these obelisks were weapons? Basically. I'm trying to find out. So remind you, one of my Herculean appetites is conquest. Oh, right. I'm hoping you're going to tell me there's, like, some powerful artifact here. That's what I'm trying to get you to tell me. Yeah. I don't know about these obelisks, but in that ziggurat is a eye that it's said reveals only an imperfect version of the future. Powerful, if unreliable. Yes. And we're here for that. <laughs> That's good. I'm here for that. Claps you on the back. Yes, of course you are. And begins striding forward, his long dreads, like, tinkling against each other. Urzidi, not being sure if these obelisks are a magical weapon or not, goes to, like, grab where Kimmon would normally have, like, you know, a hood or the back of his shirt 
obviously that's not there and has to grab Kimmon by the hair and keep him from walking out into this courtyard. Wait. What? This might be trapped. The city is more dangerous than anywhere we've been yet. Can I use Talon to spout lore about what these obelisks indicate? Or can I see from where I'm standing what these obelisks indicate? You're trying to like see back in the history of them, or do you want to try to figure out what they say? If I can try to figure out what they say from just here. I forget if we had established that Uruzidi can read this old script. I have enough experience to level up as well. Mm-mm. And I was going to take a glimpse from the Acolyte of Smoke. When you discern realities, you can ask what is about to happen here for free, even on a six minus. And then in addition, you may spout lore on things you will learn in the future at a minus one. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. I don't know. Do you guys want to retcon a rest in there? Like, it's fine to do that. To chill? I mean, you yeah, guys are already kind of talking about it. I don't want to back up too much. We don't even need to retcon. Just tell me that we should rest before oh, yeah. venturing out into the city. There you go. Fair enough. And then we'll just yeah. make camp here. I mean, we haven't really described the exact area we're in right now, so we could just say that it's fine. Meh. Yeah. That's that good? Meh. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally cool. I mean, both of you guys are talking about stuff you need to level up. I need a moment. Wait here. Set. We'll make a fire. Eat some food. Food? We get to eat? <laughs> His eyes light up with excitement. Yeah, Urizidi makes himself kind of smile through uncomfortably pursed lips. Yes, there's plenty of food. And yeah, I guess Urizidi will, like, make a fire out of whatever sort of old wood and stuff he can find around here. And There's not going to be any wood. The only thing that you might find would be, like, broken off, hardened, fleshy bits. How old is, are these two heads on spikes? How old are they? Like how withered and dry. Oh, I'm, they're not in great condition. Yeah. Depending on the head. You know, it's head to head. <laughs> Fair enough. Urzidi pulls these two heads on sticks. Hey, what are you doing? And, and like puts them up next to each other and just, yeah, uses a bit of tinder and like his survival gear kind of stuff. And Are you going to let him do this to us? Why don't you do something? Don't look at me. <laughs> Just blowing on the little tendrils of their burning hair to get the fire going. Hey, hey, good for you. I can't feel that. I'd really be screaming about now. So you're like setting this up. Are you guys going to stand watch, do that whole thing? I'm not going to have you guys do the camp in the vulture lands move just because you're yeah. out of the vulture lands. Same kind of things apply. Yeah, I'm more fucked up than them. So I'll probably take last watch because I need to sleep right away. Sure. Yeah, I'll take first watch. I mean, I don't understand time yet either so like or sleep or the limitations of a mortal body yeah so i'm just sitting here like we're standing cool yeah in that case i'll have you roll here in a bit for taking watch but everybody do the level up thing and we can all talk about that if you want to cool and i assume luck you can't yeah I can't. i'm not i'm not leveling up well whatever did you have extra xp left over on kimmon because if you do oh yeah no kimmon could definitely level up kimmon has just take it i don't care kimmon has 17 xp that's a lot yeah, the excess XP, I think just take it. Yeah. Let's just it still do represents that. an fine. increase in the power of the physical body and the tools there also, so. Well, I'll, I'll leave Kimmon at the level that he's at. Right. You're outside of that. It's just you as a player earn that XP outside of any fictional justification. <laughs> I'll take that too. It means I have 21 XP. Multi-class dabbler. We got the ritual move, boys. So just so you guys know, I'm going to take indestructible hunger. 
When you take damage, you can choose to take minus one ongoing until you sate one of your appetites instead of taking the damage. That's a good one. Hmm. If you already have this penalty, you can not choose this option. I mean, you know. And then I'm going to take I for weakness. When you discern realities, add what here is weak or vulnerable to the list of questions you can ask. Fitting. Yeah. Yeah, I took glimpse. Acolyte of smoke, compendium class. All right. Now I will have, I think, Lug, I'll have you roll to stand watch, basically. So give me a roll plus wisdom. I spent all of my leveled points to make sure that my wisdom was more than a zero. I didn't, I didn't do that. Hey, it's a ten. Coming from back by the gate, you hear that signature clattering of skeletons approaching from up the road that you would follow to come this direction. You're very aware of them approaching. You'll be able to see that there are four of them coming your way. They're coming through the road that we came to get here? Right. From back the direction of the gate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just making sure. Yeah, so you'll be the first. I mean, your living companions are sleeping. You can choose to act however you want. Companions, wake. (sighs) What is it? More fleshless ones come. From which direction? There. Down the road. Uh, uh, what? More of them are giving us chase. We should delve further in. Very well. Before we enter this courtyard, give me a moment. I don't think. No. <laughs> sure. Go. And Urzidi is going to step forward and try to read these obelisks from a distance. Using the knowledge that he will have in the future. I like it. Give me the roll. You take the minus one from it because you're echoing yeah. back from the potential future. Yep. It's 11 minus one. So that's a 10. Damn. Yeah. So you get something interesting and useful. These would have been the very first things that were built here before the rest of the Cyclopolis was laid out in this kind of geometric ritual pattern. They're essentially like religious promises of an afterlife of a sort, but a different one, like an an undying, everlasting eternity, as long as you give everything over to the Cyclopean king, demanding that they be worshipped as a god. And if you do this and serve, eternal life will be granted to you. Cool. That's at least interesting. I don't know if it's necessarily useful, but um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. It gives basically instruction of what to build. There isn't like a map or anything like that, but it is like instructions to the servants that would be giving themselves over to this place. Yeah, so that's like what these obelisks are. That's the useful part. This is not like a magical trap. Gotcha. Go, then. And uh, I think Urizidi probably leads the way across this how do you learn this how is this knowledge granted to you from the future or in the future i should say so like how do i learn this in the future basically does this have to be a future in which you is this the supposed predetermined one or could this be like a a potential future yeah there are potential futures which is why you have the minus one is the idea behind it yeah because it's kind of sick if you saw yourself bowing at the feet of cyclops that's what i was just gonna say what's the name is it's it's not sick mil gabor that's the one so urzidi becomes a herald of sick mil gabor and like learns it through him yeah that's cool i like it that's where you guys are at if you're choosing to move on or whatever these skeletons are still approaching you ZD, I think you still have the scene. Yeah, I think you have the floor, bud. 
Rosidi is just going to take off across this courtyard. You said that you can see the uh, ziggurat in the distance. Yeah. Yeah. Is there like different side streets or is this part of a main alleyway leading up to... Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Okay. You know, you're on the main thread. The entire city leads up to that ziggurat. Yeah. Then Urizidi is just hoofing it. Sure. Once you're past that open courtyard, there's sort of, oh, that that's the best description of it, you know, like in the uh, the way that DC is laid out, which is like, and then there's like that main that leads from like the Lincoln yeah. Memorial to the, and then the, because of the Mason, Masonic ritual to uh, create Satan or whatever, which is our government. <laughs> Or whatever, I think it's whatever Moloch, that conspiracy theory but, is. But yeah. Holy Moloch. <laughs> As opposed to Moly Holoch, which is a very different deity. <laughs> I love a good mole. <laughs> I have come and decided that chocolate and chicken is somehow a flavor that's good together. Worship me as your god. My god, the mole. Horror. That's what I had for dinner last night. <laughs> I can, it I can, was incredible. I can confirm it's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the first thing that you're going to pass is you like come along this row of monuments. So you could pass underneath, following this road up. You'll pass underneath these like bridges that span across out from this little area, but there is this stairway up. It's like a circular stairs, like the stairs go all the way around this thing, and it all leads up to this open air. There are like columns up above. And as you come close, you hear screaming from up top. Of the, the ziggurat? Of this first open air structure. Gotcha. That doesn't bode well. Emilio and Ulg, what are the two of you doing as Ruzi D heads off? I felt like Ulg is taking the lead on this one, a screaming tower. Should we not find out why they sing? Lug <laughs> <laughs> excitedly runs past Urizidi. Quick, follow him. And I run past Urizidi as well. Once again, left alone, Urizidi sighs <laughs> and jogs after his two companions. <laughs> cool, yeah. The three of you all make your way up. And like I said, there are various columns around this, but it does not have a roof. You can kind of see it as you get close up. But laid out across the floor of this building, as you approach up, are numerous instruments of torture. There are racks. There is a place with embers burning. There are spiked cages like Iron Maidens. Every kind of horrible torture method you can think of is represented here. You see at a point there are skeletal figures that are flagellating themselves they are not screaming but silently it seems you know because they're skeletons just whipping their bones and you can see in places that they've broken apart or broken down having lashed through their bones many of them like collapsed to pieces basically but at the center of this on a table strapped down and the the source of the screaming is a rat this is these rattling people and you can see it has been opened up and Sorting through various tools, you see a dwarven skeleton. It's stocky figure turned away from you. Over where its skeletal head would be, it wears a black veil that completely covers its features. And as it turns, it's holding a hooked spoon, basically. Turns and seems to notice you all. It sets the tool back and its various implements that are laid out on the table behind it. And you see on its other hand is a gauntlet with claws coming out of it. And this rat is crying out close to death and hoping for it.
swung at 138 heads on a spike. 137 now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the bottles of beer on the wall song. 138 heads on a spike. 138 heads. <laughs> I've got to take a small a small aside to really break this up. This is for just you guys at home, listeners. But when you hit the head with the T-Bat, it just did that like internet thing. It's like... As the fucking one head just spirals through space and time. Team heads on spikes is blasting off again. Ding. That is a nine. Harpies. No. <laughs> X card. <laughs> Harpy's Pass is way over there. You have a map, JD. Doesn't make any geographical sense for there to be harpies here. Oh, hey, it's me, old Harpy George. Just just doing my daily round, though, coming over to the Thyclopolis. 